You're listening to Charge, a CCS podcast. Good afternoon or good morning, whenever you're listening. This is Chad Dirksy, and you're listening to the Charge podcast. We're so glad you're here. Uh, The purpose of the Charge podcast is to help particularly the families at CCS see behind the curtain uh, to understand really why we do what we do at CCS. Our first three episodes set the the framework, the trajectory of our discussions as we talked about this, the biblical view that we have, that that we think about the story of the Bible from the perspective of creation. Uh, God made us in his image. He, He made us to glorify him and participate in let there be activities to be creative. Then we had to talk about the fall in Genesis chapter three. Um, and thankfully the story doesn't end there because God sends a redeemer. Uh, he incarnates his son to come to earth, to be like us, to walk in the mess and muddle with us, to redeem us and restore us to a right relationship with him. Uh, so we have a right relationship before God because of what Jesus has done in his life, death, resurrection, and ascension. Uh, but we we also have a restored the opportunity to have restored relationships with each other in community, and that's a beautiful thing. We see that happen on the playground uh, with children in in wonderful ways. Matt Monahan talked about the unbelievable potential that we get to witness every day as we see students uh, engage each other, sometimes in ways that we'd like to correct. Uh, but that's part of the redeeming grace of God that. He doesn't leave us in our sin, and and He redeems us, and we get to participate in that. Uh, today's podcast is going to talk about, okay, from that framework, um, as a Christian school, why do we teach Bible? Um, what do we, what, what are we teaching and how do we get the privilege of not just teaching that in a Bible class, but see that played out across the whole student experience. So I have three new friends with me today. That's one of the privileges of doing a podcast is I get to hang out and talk with people. So I'm going to, I'm going to let them go around the room. These are folks that, that have spent their life calling, um, engaging in education and discipleship of younger children. So preschool through fifth grade. So I'm going to go around to my left right here and start. Um, so tell me, tell me who you are and and where you teach and, and how long have you been at CCS? Yeah, I'm Skylar Franks. I teach in the first grade here at CCS. Um, I'm also an assistant volleyball coach for our high school JV um, volleyball girls, JV and varsity. And this is my third year here at CCS. I'm really excited to be here. All right. Uh, Jenny Moore, and I am the lower school exceptional ed teacher. And um, let's see, going into year six, this is year six here. Yeah, that's great. Well, hi, everyone. I'm Nisha Jean. I'm the assistant principal over at the King School, and this is my first year here at CCS and TKS, and I'm very excited to be here. Yeah, and let me let me put a plug in for the King School. Nisha's doing a, an amazing job. We're really excited about the opportunity we have to, to join in a relationship with Olivet Baptist Church to provide opportunities for access for families who may be underserved or underrepresented to have options for Christian schooling. Uh, we're excited to even be able to look forward to adding another uh, micro school campus, as we call them, uh, hopefully, and you'll hear more of that uh, later um, as we even talk about why that's important to us. But I'm really grateful for y'all being here today uh, to talk with us. So what I'd love you to do is maybe start and and why why do we why would we take time from the schedule of 
of education of young people to have Bible instruction, specific Bible instruction. You, you have lots of things you have to do during a school day, right? And we, we have a tendency to focus on literacy, which is important, right? Our students need to learn to read and understand what they read. They need to learn to write. We talk about math fluency and, and computation. All those things are really critical uh, to their growth as a bearer of God's image. So when all that kind of stuff has to be done, why, why spend time during a school day uh, teaching kids about the narrative, the story of the Bible, why would we do that? Um, well, a big reason why I chose to work at CCS uh, particularly, and, and it separates itself from other schools, um, part of our mission is to partner with parents and the church in raising these kids knowing who God is and not not just a quick word, a, a quick um, feel-good little lesson about why we love others, but showing who God is. Um, in first grade, we learned about the Old Testament, and we learned about all the covenants God's making up until He sends His Son, Jesus. Um, and so we get to uh, teach the kids uh, the Bible, and we're in a pretty biblically illiterate, I would say, mm -hmm. society right now. So getting to partner with our parents and the church in that is something I get really excited about. And I know our parents that trust us with their babies, they want us in that in the Bible, not just integrating it, which we do in all things, as in all things Christ preeminent, but um, having that time set apart, showing the kids, this is God's word. It's our lamp into our feet. It's the light into our path. Um, getting that um, worldview started at such a young age and partnering in that, I think is something that's so special and awesome about CCS. Yeah, and it really does shape um, how they view a lot of other things. And that comes out um, just really naturally. In, um, and it's because it's direct instruction. I mean, we teach things that are important. And so God's Word to us is extremely important. And so to teach it directly— um, and then also be able to, you know, integrate. And and it's really interesting because, I, I mean, I'm thinking about a lot of different times over the last five years um, when students have made their own connections. Uh, and it's because the Word has been taught directly that they were able to do that. So I would like to go back to what Skyler said. Unfortunately, we do live in an era where, there's just a lot of biblical lack of knowledge and what an opportunity we have as Christian educators to bring that out. In an elementary school setting, there are so many opportunities for teachable moments, but we have to remember not everyone has had those Sunday school lessons. Not everyone goes to church on Sunday morning, Sunday night, or does vacation Bible school. So now you're taking those biblical lessons along with, well, this is your made in God image, and that's what it looks like when it goes together, you do set the foundation for them when they get older to have those deeper conversations of, you know, what grace is and what mercy is and what it means, you know, Christ has died on the cross for you. He wants to redeem you. So we really are setting the foundation and the stage for having Bible. It helps us to teach it more explicitly. Um, but like you said, it's very easy to integrate it into other areas of life. Um, something happens on the playground all the time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so there are many opportunities to integrate something. Are there something at lunchtime that's happened with, you know, my friend is not speaking to me anymore. You know, why should I be nice to them? Why should I show grace and mercy to them? Well, 
Well, let me tell you why. And this is why you go through the reasons. So there are many, many opportunities too. Yeah, I think it's important, right, that they make those connections back to something that they brought out of direct instruction. We we can see that when we do things like STEM activities and they realize, wow, when I'm building this, I'm actually using this math skill that I learned that I thought was disconnected. Mm-hmm. So it's it's really helpful for certain, but it's formative for sure that when we we teach them the narrative of scripture, those stories, that this is a real life story of which they're a part it makes sense then when we have those playground incidents to be able to draw back on that prior knowledge they have, and that actually shapes them even more significantly. So I, I want to pick up on something that you all kind of identified, which is the relationship between the school and the parent. Like, what what would you like that to look like? So if we're teaching Bible to students, and I would agree that we've seen a pretty significant shift in biblical literacy um, particularly over the last 10 years. And I don't mean to say that to be a criticism. It's just we have to understand our students, as they come in, have less knowledge of what that biblical narrative is. But but let's let's take it from that relationship we have with that student or our students in class and say, what does that, what do we hope that partnership looks like? What do, what do we want our kids to take home? How would you like parents to be invested in that process? Right? Maybe what do we what do we want those dinner table conversations to look like? So maybe pick up on that a little bit. I think um, I, I was thinking as Skylar was talking about that. Um, so I have three daughters, who two who have come through CCS and one who's a middle schooler right now. And so I think about, of course, kind of as a parent and as a teacher at the same time. Um, and so I think that it's really interesting. My, my now middle schooler, um, there are times that even when she was younger, you know, we would be talking about things at home and, and, especially when she was younger, we would have, um, you know, those devotional times at home before she went to bed. And, you know, you think you're really teaching something to her. And then all of a sudden she comes home from school and she's like, hey, you know what I learned today in Bible? And I'm like, have we not been talking about this? (laughs) And so there's that connection, I think, that when they hear it from someone else who has authority like a teacher— you know, that it's all of a sudden, it's like, oh, wait a minute, there's something to this. And so I think that that's a really cool opportunity that we have to, to partner with with home. I'm not really sure that's exactly what you're no, asking that for, is, it, Yeah, it is exactly what I'm asking. It's actually kind of irritating too, right? It drives me crazy <laughs> exactly. sometimes. My kids are all grown now, but I'm like, why, why can't you give me the credit for teaching that? Why do you have yeah. to give that to somebody else? But it's been the it's been one of the privileges of my life to see the number of people as my kids have come through a Christian school, mostly at CCS, um, to to see all the people that crowd of witnesses that weren't just cheering them on, they were actually imparting wisdom to them uh, that I wanted to take the credit for, but they were able to participate in. I, I don't know if any of you ever have that experience, but it, it makes me think of when like a baby is baptized or a a, a child or adult is baptized and the pastor normally asks who who's going to walk alongside this new believer and the the church Mm -hmm. will say i will and teachers i think we have a unique opportunity to be really excited and tell the parents like i'm you're not alone like we're going to walk through and and show your child who god is through his word together and parents this week we're learning about the tower of babel and god showed mercy to the people. Instead of just destroying them all, he showed mercy and separated their languages. And I had Ellie Mela come in and do that lesson. And so my kids hear 
um, Spanish now. And they're like, God is merciful. And I'm like, praise the Lord. And parents will be like, Skylar, that's awesome. I've told that story so many times. I'm like, that wasn't me. I had a parent come in. (laughs) We're in this together. And I think that's so awesome about Christian education. I know that I'm encouraged um, as I hear my daughter talk about lessons, things that she's heard in chapel, um, and she's relating it to being on the soccer team. And her dad and I are just like, we're happy that you realize that, but I'm just excited that somebody else, like you said, is pouring that into her because, of course, it's not cool when mom and dad says it, but if they're learning it at school, I'm okay with that. I've partnered with a place that's going to pour into my child the same thing that we're doing at home. So I'm encouraged by that. I would hope that other parents would be encouraged by that. And you can now take that conversation further or refer refer to it in the future if something else were to come up. Yeah, let me pick on something else, uh, pick up on something else that Scholar said when she said we're teaching, um, we have the opportunity in the first semester to learn about God's covenants. Um and and we're we're what's called a, a covenantal Christian school in a reformed tradition. That's part of the heritage of CCS. So so scholar, because of that, why don't you tell me a little bit about what what are you actually teaching about that? Oh goodness. Um God working through his people from the beginning of time. You look at um God right when Adam and Eve ate that apple, God instantly promises, he says, Satan, your head's going to be crushed. Your your heel's going to, the Savior's going to bite your heel, but your head will be crushed. Then he makes that first covenant with Noah and says, Noah was the only man counted as righteous. And I get to teach my kids, well, the Bible says there was no one, he was sinful too. So this is, God counted him as righteous because God is merciful and he's a promise keeper. And so God is keeping his covenant with his people even then in that um, that covenant is ultimately going to come to fulfillment in in Christ when He comes, and so we get to walk through God's chosen family throughout the biblical narrative in the Old Testament and kind of unpack that in a first grade way. Yeah, I, I think it's a wonderful time. As complicated as the world is right now, as Christians, we have a beautiful opportunity to to communicate that over time, right, throughout the biblical narrative and throughout our lives, because that's part of our story too, we're woven into the biblical story, that God is merciful and gracious and he's a promise keeper. Um, the, The fact that his promises are connected to his grace and mercy and he keeps those promises that's a hope that that allows us to be anchored during uncertain times. I don't know what's going to happen next about this, but I know that God's gracious and merciful and he's a promise keeper. Those are those are deep theological concepts that one of the things I appreciate is that got broken down into something that we can all understand, right? That God's covenant is it's, it's lots of things, but it includes he's merciful and he's a promise keeper. And that is something that a kindergartner, a first grade student can understand. And they can bring it home around the dinner table when we're really struggling with something and they get to interject into a conversation. Mom, dad, brother, sister. I learned today that God is merciful and he's a promise keeper. And they can make those connections to the things that are hard in life. So maybe Naisha and, and Jenny, if you guys could say, what do, what do you, as you reflect, as you've watched teachers teach Bible, or have you taught it yourself? What are some of the things that you've really enjoyed teaching or you have observed uh, being taught to our younger students? I guess I would say um, we were in chapel a few weeks ago, and 
<laughs> um, I introduced the speaker and one of the students, um, I was just telling, we, were, we talk about being a peacemaker, a caretaker, and, you know, Jesus is God. No, love God. Love God. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of the little friends, I was saying, you know, how God loves us all and all the things that he's done for us. But then I referenced back to Jesus. I switched the names. Well, this little friend, and actually was in kindergarten, so I know that they are very capable of understanding, if we put it in that matter, what we're saying. This little friend spoke up and said, Miss Jean, did you know that Jesus is God and God is Jesus? They're the same person, actually. I said, you know what? You're right. So I can't flip back and forth and say the different names, but I was just, I was just amazed by that. And just happy again that every day that we're a part of that and that friend just by talking to him in that little bit i can already see where his i guess knowledge base is at and how much deeper we can take conversations if we need it to um i know earlier i said there are certain things that you probably wouldn't drop on a kindergartner right mm-hmm. away but that little friend i could tell he's you know ready for it so you foster that relationship you can go dig deeper with them. Yeah, and I'm, I'm going to come back to Jenny in just a second, but it's it's amazing to me to think about, you guys have just addressed two really complicated biblical theological concepts, covenant theology and the Trinity, right? So while they may not understand all those things completely, it is wonderful to think that we have really young children that are engaged in really important biblical theological concepts that actually help us better understand the world, to, to know that we serve a triune God who created us out of his abundance. He didn't need something from us because he had this perfect relationship between Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And, and to know what that Trinity is helps us be able to take one step and then another step in the rest of our lives to understand, again, God being a promise keeper in his covenant and that the righteousness that's been declared in Noah is not because he was a good dude. It's because God was saying your righteousness is going to be secured in this sacrifice I make of my son. Those are complex, sometimes really theoretical ideas that we have young children that are processing. So, Jenny, maybe you could add to that. And what? Yeah, I think about um, the wishy-washiness of like probably most other areas of their life. Um, and the fact that we can show them absolute truth and that, um, and of course, in exceptional ed, I'm not teaching, you know, I'm not teaching Bible lessons, but I do a lot with social emotional learning and social thinking. And that is a really tricky spot because it can be, okay, be a good kid, be good, which is even trickier in a Christian school because we don't want them to be good right? We want them to know who God is and what that means for who they are and who they are in light of that. And at five, they can begin to process that. Um, and so I love that, that I get to teach, um, I get to teach emotions, um, and feelings and that they're all okay. And that God made us very complex in our emotions and, there is an absolute truth that we can hang all of that on um, and that we don't have to wonder and, and um, it's not relative. Um, yeah. Yeah. There's a part of, of God's story and, and what he's doing around us that is mysterious, 
but we talk about this all the time. There are also things that are absolutely true. And those absolutely true things, we have a tendency in this world to kind of kick against those things as if those absolutely true things are some sacrifice we have to make as Christians to live in a way that God defines and puts boundaries. But in reality, those absolutely true things are actually what give us a structure that provides for safety to wrestle with those more complicated things so that that when someone is struggling, when a, when a young student is struggling, in particular with some really strong emotions, that in one sense they might know this is wrong, but I, I, I don't know how to deal with this. It's the absolute truth of God's character, of his love and care for us that allows us to dive into those things in ways that don't overwhelm us, uh, that don't make us feel shame, that allow us to, to find hope and encouragement in, in the midst of complicated and difficult circumstances. And children the security of that is freeing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, 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 that's a, that's a great, it's a great thing to think and ponder on. I, I want to, again, I'll, I'll pick up on something you just said. Jenny works in our exceptional education uh, department. And that, that really is the services that we provide students um, who, because of ability or disability require services beyond what can be provided in typical classroom settings that's what allowed them to be at CCS and to flourish at CCS. The reason that we have students, we're a school that serves a broad population of students is because we believe that's the way God created us. He made us different on purpose. We should see our differences, but not exclusively our differences. We should see our differences in light of God, how God's using those differences to unite us as one people to do the work he's called us to do. And we believe really strongly we, we can't just tell students that God made you like this on purpose. We actually have to live that out. So they have to experience in the day-to-day journey um, all the differences that we see in the world and help them understand how God is using those differences to bring us together. And, and the reality is uh, that's what we would say as part of integration of, of biblical truth into the day-to-day life. That's an, it's a way that we integrate the truth of what we believe about Ephesians chapter four into the day-to-day life of CCS. So are there other areas that you get to see specifically how we get to integrate this biblical truth into areas of CCS life that aren't specifically Bible class or chapel? Well, you just mentioned a big one, like our exceptional education um, program, like the inclusion that's done second grade through, is it pre-K? Is it pre-K through? Or is it kindergarten? Do you know? It's pre-K. Pre-K. All the way through. Um, I love our, um, I think it's one of our campaigns, is it Flourish? Mm-hmm. Um, we're living in the, uh, like God's kingdom is here and we're, we're able to be agents of redemption. Every kid is made unique, whatever ability they have or don't have only they have only they are uniquely gifted to make our community flourish in its proper way the teachers so we have this big calling and we can invite those little kids into it um that i in the past um maybe didn't feel like they were included and kids that were typically developing didn't get to see those kids um included in that they didn't see um, just how broad and how wide God's and how diverse God's kingdom is. And I think that is such a, like actions speak louder sometimes than a saying words. And I, that's one. I can think of many, but I love that. I see that pretty tangibly every day on campus. I don't have a 
particular subject, but I do think about how um, we put students in groups as in like collaborative learning type opportunities. And in those situations, they get to act out those things again of showing mercy and grace and forgiveness (laughs) and just, and just working along with classmates because you, they don't do that a whole lot. So they're by themselves. A lot of people don't know how to work with other people naturally. And it's mine, mine, or this is my work, my crayon box, my whatever. But when you start collaborating and working again, all the lessons that can be integrated there. And it's, that's why I say it's not just one subject, but I mean, that can be any subject. And now you're teaching, you know, can teach attributes of God and what we should be doing and what that should look like. In elementary, it's a lot about what it looks like. We have to be careful not to say it's this, 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 or you can't do A, B, and C. Well, goodness, what can they do? What what should that look like? So you do a lot of um, modeling and a lot of showing in that sense. So, um, One of the things I thought of too, uh, before my life in ex ed here, I taught fourth grade. Um, and so in fourth grade, you start to teach a lot of um, comprehension strategies for reading. And there were lots of times that the text I used for the comprehension strategy was also the scripture that we were learning. It might have been something from devotions, or it might have been something from the actual Bible lesson. And so teaching them that, um, you know, a text, it's mm-hmm. God's Word, but it's also a text, you know, that that you can you can use those strategies to dive deeper into it. Um, and so, I mean, that's a, that's a really easy, simple way to be able to, to integrate. Yeah, we, we only have 30 minutes, so we can't get into all those details. What we hope is that the audience that's listening can hear the, the just magnitude of the opportunities that we have on a day-to-day basis to engage students in, in real, authentic learning activities where we set a high bar because they, they're these wonderful bearers of God's image that have this great potential um, so we can be rigorous about what we do because that actually respects the nature of God's image in them. And, and then we can surround them with the supports that are necessary to ensure uh, that they're able to access uh, the material that we provide for them, but also that they're they're able to, to do the work and find right the actual things worked out. This is what it looks like. The way that God made you, when you're when you're actively participating in agents as his, of his kingdom, this is what this actually looks like. When, when you're sitting in a collaborative group and you're working together and you're sharing, this actually is a foretaste of God's restored kingdom to come. And that's a really big deal. We think it's just, oh, they just shared their crayon box. But we actually get to say to our students, this is more than just sharing a crayon box. This is actually painting pictures of God's restored kingdom to come and what a beautiful thing that is. So any last bits of wisdom you want to leave with parents about any of this discussion before we we sign off? I would say um, Christian education is a good investment. Um, we have so many students in front of us, and it's very exciting when you see that particular talent or ability that God has given them, because now we can nurture that and help it to grow up. And now 
hopefully teach and foster what that would look like when they get older, if that makes sense. Meaning if they have an interest in science, well, there are so many things that we can teach a student about science and about God and about creation and everything that he's done. Here's how you can now go into that when you get older. Um, Here's how you can show other people that Christ is in science and in everything. So to go back to what you said, Christian education is an investment in just Thank you for all of those who do it. It gives us a great opportunity that we do not take for granted. We, we hope that, that ultimately what it comes down to is that these lessons that we're talking about here, and I hope you could hear, it, it's my privilege to sit in the room and watch people's faces and watch the way they posture themselves as they talk about these exciting things you get to do. I wish you could see, see more of that, but this is just a podcast. Um, but it's exciting to, for, for, I hope you to know that these things happen every day. This is, this is the kind of stuff, right? The energy that you heard from these folks is the kind of stuff that happens with our students every day. It starts in preschool and it goes all the way through 12th grade. That's a a really, really exciting thing that we have the opportunity and privilege to do. Uh, Nisha brought up even how we understand the relationship between who God is and how he created us in science, right? The the way we discover information scientifically, one of the podcasts in the future is going to be on how do we wrestle with those things? How do we think about what Genesis 1 chapter 2 teach? And then how do we how do we think about the realities of what the world teaches that might be different? And where do we find things that are the same? And how do we process and interpret those things? That's a big part of it as well. So Thanks for hanging out with us today. Thank the three of you for being here and talking about this with elementary school students. Um, we're going to have another podcast that drops this week. You should have seen that already. That's going to do this exact same thing, uh, only we're going to talk about it from a middle school and high school level. So thanks again. This is The Charge Podcast. Check us out again soon. Have a good day. <laughs>